When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Graeme Young and today I'm joined by Sean McDonald, host of the Boiler Podcast and a big Celtic fan. Just before we get started today, uh, we've got some exciting and important news to tell you about our podcast. As of now, our podcast will be hosted on the Global Player app. Now don't worry, if you listen to us on other platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast, that's fine, but we recommend you download the Global Player app to listen to our podcast before it's released on any other player. The Global Player is available to download on iOS and Google stores. So Sean, thanks very much for joining us today. Um, it's obviously been a crazy six weeks, we're in lockdown, uh, but the world goes on and so does Celtic. Uh, what's your thoughts been of a it's been a lot happening in a lot of ways and nothing happening in others what's your thoughts of the last six weeks Hi, no thanks for having me any opportunity to talk about Celtic I'm always going to say yes um, the past six weeks have been bizarre to be honest though I'd say back in December after winning yet another trophy that I would just love it if Celtic would stop winning things because it means my hangovers would stop for a while because oh, I'm never doing celebrating so in that sense, I've enjoyed the respite a wee bit, but I'm really, really missing it. There's only so many, so many old games that I can watch. There's obviously a lot of drama. There's, uh, there's been no decisive action or anything taken, so things are a wee bit up in the air. So, I think just like everybody, missing it, wishing we could get back to normal. But obviously, people's health and safety come or takes takes priority, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely doesn't. But plenty of. Um... It's the type of drama that only Scottish football can do, the kind of season-ending accusations and all that. <laughs> Do you think they'd have been disappointing if that didn't take place? Is that very Scottish football, wasn't it? The whole... I think so. Scottish football has got form. Uh, I think it was Kenny DeGleese that said the other day that the drama is going, to, is going to scare off any potential investors or sponsors. And while I think he's probably got a really solid point and we could be doing without it, I do kind of enjoy it as well. I can't who I can't remember who I spoke to. Sorry, I spoke to Laura Brannan, who does media for Motherwell Football Club. She previously worked at Celtic, and we sort of came to the conclusion that ninety-five percent of what you enjoy about football, and in particular Scottish football, was the drama, the characters, the storylines, the backstabbing, and the other five percent is the actual football itself. Uh, and and I think that it totally fits. I mean, it's like. It's like a pure soap opera. See, if I was a scriptwriter, I would probably just write what had happened in Scottish football. I would take it to Hollywood and they'd say, nah, that's a wee bit far-fetched. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think that, that's a wee bit too unbelievable. Um, aye, so it, it's definitely provided it provided some entertainment in, in that sense, but it is it's dragging out a wee bit now. And I think it's probably a question, but how would you think the final decision, should it just be Celtic? Do you think the clear champions, is that the right call for a... a Variety of reasons. I think so because I'm obviously going to say that as a Celtic supporter, um, and I, I do understand 
I can understand the position that, that other clubs or other fans will take because you're always going to fight for the, the best interests of your club. I think if people would start to realise that, there'll be a lot less hate and anger and vitriol. You know, people are always going to do the best for their clubs. I do think it's justified we were on course to win the league. I don't think anybody was going to stop us. You look what happened after the winter break. I think the Rangers manager, managers of other clubs and players were resigned to the fact that Celtic were going to win the league. Um, so I, I personally think that, that we should be awarded it and I think I think that we will in the end up and just one thing thinking back now because Scottish football changes on it doesn't feel that long ago since it was Christmas going into the winter break so even after Rangers won that game in December thinking back like, are you is that maybe one of the most surprising things obviously Celtic have been absolutely excellent but it, is that still maybe catch you off guard the fact that Rangers were so consistent for the first half of the season. Did you, that time leaving that game or after that game finished, did you think it would go all the way this season? When I walked out of that game, uh, when I walked out of Celtic Park, heading towards the Alligate, and I said to my pal, and I said that I think about 100 times that night, so on the 29th of December 2019, we were terrible, we lost the game, we deserved to get battered. Um, if you rewind to the 29th of December 2018, the exact same thing happened at Ibrooks. Um, but the thing that I've been saying is that you cannot measure a season based on one game or maybe just a few months. It lasts for an entire season, and what Celtic have shown consistently is the ability to get games or to, to, to you know to get results over the line in the games where it matters. And I don't think that Rangers had shown that at that point. I think they were being given credit where it was deserved, but I think it was a wee bit over the top, um, and I think they felt as if they had won the league. So I wasn't surprised whatsoever. I predicted that I felt Rangers would come back off the off the winter break, and they would probably get stuck in and uh, stuck in quicksand a wee bit uh, the way that they did again last season as well. And that was proven to be right. I mean, lost against Hamilton, lost against Hearts in the cup. You know, they were dropping points all over. Uh, it, it didn't surprise me whatsoever. I fully expected Celtic to to dig in, dig deep, and produce, and that's exactly what they did and what they've done for for years now. It's interesting and touching upon other things, it's not the same obviously just now for Celtic you're talking about watching old games and clips and that's what fans are savouring just any kind of that feeling of supporting your team. Uh, yeah. but one part of football that can continue is scouting really. It's a massive uh, part of the game, being able to do it well, find players and sell them on uh, for a profit what Celtic specialised over the past decade and very good at it. Nick Hammond uh, came in last summer after a, a trial run, so it's been impressing Neil Lennon, Peter Law, um, and people within the game speak very highly of him. But he's got a high-profile scout working with him, Gary Penrice, and he spoke yesterday uh, about the 240-player list that he's got for Celtic. It's a massive club, obviously, and they're looking at players all over the shop, is the way he described it. Does that, obviously, the, the game's, as we know, it's in cold storage at present, but is that quite a promising thing for Celtic that they're going to continue this as but obviously the game might change and there might be bargains to be picked up. Is that quite a positive message maybe for Celtic fans to read? I think so. Obviously you would like to think or hope that the club are still operating at the maximum capacity that they can. Um, things will lift at one point, so it is good to be prepared. I think the, the, the sort of global dynamic of football's finances are going to change and we can't really predict which way, which way that's going to go or which clubs are going to benefit from that, whether it's 
the bubble in England sort of bursting a wee bit and it levelling the playing field or maybe Celtic become a wee bit more of an underdog it remains to be seen so to be planning ahead is a really positive thing um, you look at you know some of the, the the players that we've picked up for a scouting network over the last 10-15 years straight away off the top of the top of my head Virgil van Dijk Moussa Dembele people like even Stefan Johansson uh, coming in and have gone on to do really well for us. You've got even young players like Barry John Coffey, you've got Connell who came up for Bolton, you've got Armstrong Okoflex. Uh, definitely a very positive thing. And, um, you know, Celtic Celtic just can't... I'm stating the obvious, I'm saying something that's been said a million times over, but we can't really compete on, on the, the top end of that that financial scale. Um, an example... Something else that's interesting about we don't know, do we? We really don't know how it's going to play out. Maybe the teams like your Porto's fight, like these Ajax, Celtic, maybe the bubble mm-hmm. will bust in the traditional big five leagues and that's for the teams ready to pound so to find these players that maybe the big teams can't afford anymore. But also the flip side, maybe it might not work out that way for Celtic. They need to be even more creative. That's How do you see, how do you see it going? What's, I know it's very hard to make a prediction, but what do you think is going to happen to football over the next year, 18 months. How do you think it will shake out? You've got feeling really, Sean. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in terms of, you're, you're touching on on how, how Celtic are operating and, and there's no way of predicting. So I suppose good business practice is to prepare for the best and hope for the worst. And somewhere in the middle is probably where you'll end up. I, I personally think, and I've said for quite a while, that the, the bubble at some point has to burst. Maybe not completely, but in England, it cannot keep expanding. I think it's just, if history's shown us anything, things will, will grow and grow and grow. Uh, maybe a wee bit ahead of themselves and they'll burst and things will level out again. I think the playing field will level out somewhat. I think we'll maybe see, even if it's a temporary halt and in, in the silly wages are being paid down south in England uh, or some of the transfer fees and maybe across Europe. So, yeah, I think... I think uh, the the financial advantage will be lessened somewhat. A, a good example, I was talking the other day, is that in 2004, uh, the then Celtic chairman, Brian Quinn, got involved in a spat with Martin O'Neill. And he thought he was leaving, he thought he was leaving a, a voicemail on the Celtic PR chief's voicemail, but he left it on a 15-year-old girl's phone in Birmingham and she went to the press. But what he said in it was really interesting. He said, I see your esteemed manager is talking in the press again about us not paying enough money. Maybe somebody would like to educate him on the fact that we have got the sixth highest wage bill in the UK. So this is back in 2000. Can you imagine Celtic have the sixth highest wage bill now? So it just shows the disparity in the way that it's grown. So I would hope that that would maybe come back in a wee bit. But again, as you say, as we both said, there's no way of predicting. But my gut feeling is that it'll, it'll even out slightly, somewhat. And that maybe takes us on. The Celtic fans, by nature, our job, we talk transfers quite a lot, that's part of it. Mike um, Oddsnedward, without a doubt, is one of the most watched players in Europe. It's uh, teams from everywhere. It's been going on a long time as well. Um, I'm sure if you could look at the, the team's list for games, over the, especially European games over the last 12, 18 months, probably depth to all sorts of clubs there has been. We know there's interest in France, from Italy, from England, especially Arsenal and Everton. Uh, Leicester as well, Brendan Rodgers, it's made no secret that he's a player that he would love to reunite with. For Edward, not so much about will he go or I think everyone admit maybe. Who knows, the next six months, a year, it might make sense for him to stay at Celtic. Might be the time to leave. But more than that, where do you rank Edward in terms of players, the strikers that have played for Celtic, maybe in the post-Larsen world, 
and what do you think he can achieve at the next level compared maybe somewhat Mr. Dembele? Do you think he's got the potential to be in that kind of Van Dyke ability to go from a, a good club to a great club or start make the move to a big club and get even better? Mm-hmm. What do you think Edward could do in his career? I think it's up to Edward and I think it's up to your son and he applies himself. Uh, you know, it's, I think Tommy Burns used to say uh, hard talent when talent doesn't work hard and he's obviously got the talent and it seems to me that that he puts the hard work in as well I think he really could go right to the very top I think he's a better player than Dembele Dembele perhaps was a wee bit more effective uh, if you compare records or whatever but there's a wee bit of difference in age and experience in them obviously they're at different stages in their career uh, when they were both playing alongside each other at Celtic I think he really could go as, as far as he wants and I think he is the best since Larson just the ease in which he, the way that she does things. It seems as if the game has slowed down for him uh, when he's playing. Just everything, he seems to be a couple of steps ahead. He's he's absolutely sensational. I love him. Uh, I think there's a chance he, that he might go. Uh, I wouldn't be too surprised. Can I really begrudge him that? Um, he's, he's been fantastic for us. I think it would benefit him both to leave and to stay. You know, he stays at Celtic. He's going to get the chance of European football. Um, he's going to be playing in a winning team developing more of a winning mentality having a great experience so obviously every time you play for Celtic it's a cup final for the opposition so it's a high pressure environment and I think he would thrive in that and really grow but also on the flip side he'd probably quadruple his wages be playing in a great league and play with some great players as well so I think from a Celtic perspective we can only hope for the best in that one I wouldn't like to lose him because we'd be losing a lot of goals So in terms of Celtic itself the club Six weeks is a long time. This is longer than it is much like much longer than it is in the summer when they're straight back in action. It's the Scottish Cup final and two weeks later they're back in the training pitch mm. for Champions League qualifiers. Uh, but this is a real extended absence of Celtic. What, what is it more than anything you miss about the club and the people you maybe watch the club with and just the day to day? What are you really missing, Sean? I, I don't even know where to start with it. Obviously, I missed the game. I missed I missed that feeling of when the ball hits the back of the net. Uh, I missed being in the Real McCoy or in the Gallagher before the game and after. I missed talking to my pals about it or having a Monday morning briefing with my grandpa and telling him basically what I saw, what was live and discussing it. I think I just miss everything. Um, there are more important things. Like I'm not saying that it's, my life has got completely no meaning. Uh, because I can't get to the games or I suppose there is no meaning so I can't get anywhere but I suppose you know what I mean there um, I just miss everything just the whole experience being in Celtic Park I feel like the next time I walk into Celtic Park it will feel like the first time ever I think everybody remembers when you walk up the walk up the stairs and you see the pitch and you're like oh wow and it kind of hits you I feel like that's what it's going to be like and I, I, I feel that it won't it won't be until after Christmas that we're, that we're back in no, that's kind of scary. scary thought for always in football. Uh, Horrible. I, think I remember even the Copenhagen game for myself. I was the press box. There was talk of his coronavirus was in the news agenda, but I think little did we know that would be the last European football the writers we've had for a long time. Uh, so just a bit, obviously, I really appreciate you coming on today, Sean. And maybe just talk a bit. You've got a podcast called Boiled, and a lot of the work you do, um, I think it's very important work in terms of helping people that maybe need help and need to talk. Mm-hmm. This West of Scotland, I think over the years, guys maybe not, and women as well, obviously speaking, just been that ability to open up and speak, and you've been 
real advocate for that. Uh, maybe talk a bit about how it all came about and what you're about, really, and why people maybe find uh, some of your podcasts and other work you've done as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm the host and producer of a, a podcast called Blethered. It started back in January 2019, and it, it really just started because I felt like having conversations with people. Um, that's really what it was. I didn't try to position myself in the media. Uh, I wasn't trying to really achieve anything other than enjoying it, and it certainly was enjoyable. Um, I think one of the main components or the sort of defining factors of what it is, the podcast as a whole, is it's just honest and authentic, unfiltered conversations. It's not refined. It's not trying to be anything. It's not scripted or heavily edited. It is what it is, uh, and I think people enjoy that that authenticity. I suppose I would like to stress that I wouldn't call it a mental health podcast. And I certainly haven't tried to define it as that. Um, what it is, it's just conversations. I like to speak to people about their life story, their perspective on life, how do they see the world. And then I think when relevant and when applicable, these these topics will come up. You know, we've talked about cocaine use. You know, that's, nobody wants to be the one to say it, but cocaine use is far too high in the west of Scotland that it has this... It has this impact that people don't really want to, they don't want to approach or tackle. You know, we've just discussed gambling, discussed depression, suicide, suicide attempts, anxiety. You know, these are real things that they're sort of intertwined with our real lives. Uh, and when applicable, we'll talk about it. I don't try and shoehorn it in because there's a lot of episodes where it just won't come up. Um, but I suppose people have really enjoyed it, and it's certainly grown to something something really big. It's now part of the the big light, which is Scotland's new podcast network. Uh, I mean, some great company, people like Billy Conley, Alan Cumming, Janice Forsyth involved with that. And uh, aye, it's, it's gone really well. Recently, I had to check the stats, so about 350,000 listens in 91 countries. Or some met- I would love to know who's listening in Sierra Leone, who's listening in Nepal. <laughs> it's obviously something that's travelling. But well, Bangood like, is fun. Look, like he's from Sierra Leone, so he's probably that's what it is. Bangood is a fan in Bangood. That that'll be what it is. But I, it's gone really well. Uh, I really enjoy it. It's kind of it's getting more serious now. And I've always taken it serious, but it's becoming more of a of a business. But it, it certainly won't ever lose its its authenticity. You know, it's an independent grassroots show. It's created by me and only me. And I I've really enjoyed it. I've had some great guests on as well. Brilliant. Uh, well, we really appreciate you coming on today as well. Uh, talking Celtic, and hopefully maybe we can do it again in the future. I'd uh, love to. So Well, that's all we've got time for. Remember to subscribe to the Global Player app to get the podcast straight away.